comes later. Trey Ware is still waking up Texas. It's informational. I learned a lot of things. Very informative. This is the 550 KTSA Morning News with Trey Ware. You know, I think everyone should listen. <laughs> now on FM 1071. job for 50 years and as a disc jockey you play a lot of songs and you play a lot of songs a lot you know there's there's a handful that you play way too much in your estimation now the, the audience doesn't hear them that many times but you do right and you just get so sick and tired of playing that those songs over and over and over and over and over again um, that was one that the first time I played it here, well, actually, it was in the old building back there. The first time I played it until now, I never got tired of hearing it. And yeah. I played it on every single radio station that I programmed. So whether it was KTSA in 1984 or whether it was Magic 105 when I put Magic on the air in 1985 as the first program director, that was one of the songs that I immediately grabbed to put on, or when I went to KQXT to flip it from elevator music to what it is now, soft rock kind of stuff, Tina was there. And then when I went over to Star 93 and made it a contemporary hit radio station, Tina and that song was a part of it. Everywhere that I've gone, every radio station I've worked at, that was one of the core, and you, you, every program director has his core songs that that's go-to and that was one of them right there she was a musical icon to me in so many ways in not just her music and not just her ability to entertain 180,000 people in one stadium at one time uh but also the way she took her life and turned it into something really positive after this jerk of a man tried to kill her on a number of occasions. She tried to kill herself to get out from underneath him. We're going to break all this down as the show goes on. You and I are going to do a lot of talking this morning about Tina Turner mm -hmm. uh, because she truly deserves it. <laughs> you know what I mean? She's right. one of those that deserves the accolades, the talk, the uh, remembrances, the memories. She deserves all of that and more because of what she accomplished, not only musically, but with her life.
which was amazing. Yeah, what a great what a great story. Yeah, I mean for, to go from you know anime Bullock, some small town in Tennessee, Nutbush, yeah. Yeah. you know, and then to go on to be the icon that she became. Yeah, uh, and and leave us with so many great memories. Oh. You know, you you shared uh, with that song. You know, for me, I I heard it and it was summer. You know, it was mm-hmm. summertime in mm-hmm. 1984, the year before I, I started my senior year was, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, just hearing that song all the time was, it's a, it, even though I've heard it a million times, like you, I've played it on the radio, mm-hmm. I, who knows how many times, but um, it still makes me feel that same way, mm-hmm. you know, just a classic, great stuff. Well, this morning, we're going to mix in some of the radio hits. Now, she had great music that never was a hit on the radio, right? right but yeah. we're going to mix in some of the radio hits as we roll forward this morning and remember her, and we'll be talking about... Uh, her influences on so many other people. Yeah. And what really saved her, and who really saved her career. It may be a surprise to some people to find out who saved her career when she was, well, you know, basically a nothing. Yeah. And there was one man who, (laughs) I guess, shined his light on her at one time by going to see her. And we'll tell that story a little bit later on. Meanwhile, okay, so it broke Twitter. Now, here's the thing. They they made a big deal about it on Fox News last night because they wanted to, like, go, you know, the traditional media and uh, television is the way to go. If you're going to make these announcements, just go on TV to do it, blah, blah, blah. I don't want to hear anybody here criticize Twitter for a technical issue, okay? (laughs) Nobody here gets to criticize what happened on Twitter last night. They fixed it within five minutes, and they were rolling ahead. They had a million people trying to burst down the door and log on to Twitter at one time, and, yes, it sounded like an S-word show for the first couple of minutes, and then they got it figured out. We we've been working to figure stuff out for thirty years. Okay, all right. Okay, right. So I don't want to hear anybody here criticize that. All right. Are we cool? We understand each other. No, you know what? When I when I saw that what was going on, I'm like, well, I've been there a hundred times. That's right. Yeah, baby. Have we? Well, yes, exactly right. You know, when we play the 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 traffic from yesterday. Hey, you're right home. You're you're right home yesterday. Really sucked, didn't it? So anyway, just in case you wanted to remember. That's right, exactly. Anyway, he's in, and I've got some thoughts about Ron DeSantis being in. He says some fantastic things. He's got some great policies. He's been very effective in Florida. Very effective in Florida. As I've been telling you now, for a couple of years I've been following him. I've been very, very happy with the man. Now, I do have some criticisms, However, I do have some things that I think are a real big problem. Number one, he is working and trying too hard to be the anti-Trump. And you know what's doing? It's dehumanizing him. He has got to warm up. Uh, He is too robotic. He's not going to be able to connect with people as robotic as he is. His policies are fantastic. He, He would almost be, hold on. Everybody just cool, cool off for a minute. He would almost be a great, like, chief of staff for, for Donald Trump because he obviously can get stuff done. He obviously knows what needs to be done, and he obviously knows how to motivate people to get those things done. But right now, he's just a robot, and he's trying to not be, like Donald Trump is. 
He's trying to be cool as a rule, and it's too robotic. The other thing about the Republicans, and I'll, I've been saying this now, and I'm going to keep hammering the Republicans on this. You guys are going to lose if you do not hire influencers. I'm talking about TikTok people to make videos on TikTok and on, on IG. You're going to lose. You're also going to lose if you do not control mail-in balloting. If you don't go vote early and win the mail-in balloting game, you're going to lose. I don't care who your candidate is. I don't care who it is. You can resurrect Ronald Reagan and run him. And I'm going to tell you, you're going to lose if you don't do these things. And then you better get some people out there to be ballot harvesters. You have got to beat the Democrats at their own game. They have already spent tens of millions of dollars on influencers. You know that they control the mail-in balloting game, and they have ballot harvesters. You had better catch up. I don't care who your nominee is. If you don't do those things, you will lose, Republicans. You will. And you'll get another four years of a Democrat in the office who is going to further destroy the United States of America. Ron DeSantis sounded great with his policies last night, but he needs to warm up. He needs to become more human. That has to happen in order for him to attract an audience that is going to work well for him. He's just working way too hard, in my view, my estimation. Now, you can dispute that if you'd like at 210-599-5555, but in my estimation, he's trying too hard to not be out of control Trump, you know, throwing stuff around. He's not using names. He's not using, you know, uh, the gimmicks and all that stuff. That In fact, here's what Trump said last night after the announcement was made. I'd like to personally congratulate Rob. Can I just leave it there? No, there's more. I'd like to personally congratulate Rob DeSanctimonious on finally announcing that he will be entering the race for president of the United States. Hopefully, he will get the full experience of being attacked by the Marxist, communist, and radical left lunatics of our country, without which he will never know the kind of job he is doing. These lowlifes and misfits are far worse than the leaders of hostile foreign countries. They must be soundly defeated in order to make America great again. And he went on to say, Rob, it's two Robs. My red button is bigger, better, stronger, and is working. Truth, yours does not, per my conversation with Kim Jong-un of North Korea, soon to become my friend. Now, a criticism of Donald Trump. First of all, his name's Ron. Second of all, DeSantis spent almost an hour on Fox News with Trey Gowdy, and Trey was killer on that show last night, by the way. I'm not a big fan of his as far as his presence on TV, but he was killer last night. And he did a great job interviewing DeSantis, and uh, it was policy after policy after policy, and what are you going to do, and what is your vision, and what are you going to do, and how are you going to do it, and what are you going to do, do, do. And then Trump comes along with his Rob DeSanctimonious, my button is bigger and better and stronger, and and, uh, Kim Jong-un is going to be my friend. DeSantis answered every single question, every one of them. He laid out concrete steps he would take on day one. Now, if I were advising Donald Trump, and nobody does, and that's why you get the weirdness that you get, he should have said, 
I look forward to a robust debate on the issues that Americans are concerned about. That's it. That's all you got to say. And then you move on. Not this robbed, sanctimonious, and I got a bigger button than you do, and I'm going to be friends with Kim Jong-un, and et cetera. Who cares about that? That means nothing in the lives of the American people. And that's why, Republicans, you better get your act together. <laughs> Just saying. A couple years from now, man, we could be sitting there with another Democrat president back in a minute. Trey Ware, KTSA. Hey, it's Trey Ware here for Diamond Deck. Tina Turner, and when she married Ike, it was, uh, to say the least, a volatile, volatile relationship where he was extremely uh, abusive to her in any number of ways, uh, ways that are too horrific to even describe on, on radio. She uh, wrote a uh, an autobiography with Kurt Loder from MTV because she was one of their, you know, uh, highly praised and talented people on MTV back when MTV was was to be highly praised when it was a great uh, channel at that time. And Kurt Loder wrote that book with her, and they they were lifelong friends after that. And she described what it was like living with, with Ike Turner. We're going to play Proud Mary or, uh, you know, here in a little while, but uh, just because you need to hear that song, not not because I'm an, I, I, I don't like Ike. <laughs> she got to where she uh, forgave him. Uh, after he died, she said, look, he was a sick man. And I got to the point where I said, you know, I'm just going to have to forgive him to be able to move on. But she had a lull in her career after that. Um, she really was not active. She was trying, but nothing was really coming together for her. And one guy renewed his contract with Capitol Records. And all the top executives at Capitol Records said, you know, let's go out to dinner tonight and let's celebrate your contract. And he said, I'd like to, but no thanks. He said, I'm going over to the hotel to see my favorite singer, who was Tina Turner, who was singing just in a little lounge kind of thing in this hotel. The executives from Capitol Records followed this huge mega talent that they were paying millions of dollars to. They followed him over to the Tina Turner show. And they said, oh, my God, what is this? Wow. And they signed her. That megastar that they followed was David Bowie. David Bowie single-handedly was the guy who introduced Tina Turner to the record executives who then took her, molded her, and found all those hit records for her. And just a real quick story. 
when the first time she heard what's love got to do with it, which really was her MTV thing because nobody had seen anything like that on MTV before, and it really did attract a huge male audience but also attracted a huge female audience because she was an empowered woman, and that's what women were looking for at that time was an empowered woman. Guys just wanted to, oh, oh wow, look at that. Yeah, da, 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 da. I remember feeling that way looking at her. Wow, she was hot. She was hot. Hotter than a $2 pistol on a Saturday night, boy. Whoa, wow, that's something else to look at. I, no, I'm not I'm not being irreverent. I'm just telling you the way you felt seeing that video the first time. Do you know she didn't like that song when she heard it? When they demoed it for her, she went, nope, I'm rock and roll. She said, that's too soft. That's too, you know, contemporary. That's not what I'm after. I am rock and roll. And she was trying to pass on it, and they talked her into it, and thank God they did. My, my friend Monty Byram, uh, who fronts Big House, uh, he put on his Facebook page, I remember the last time I heard her cussing up a storm at the president of Capitol Records for threatening to shelve Private Dancer. Yeah. He was in the building when that song was being mm-hmm. discussed on release, and that Tina stood up for herself big time. Yeah, uh, Mick Jagger said, I'm so saddened by the passing of this wonderful friend, Tina Turner. She's truly an enormously talented performer and singer. She was inspiring and warm and funny and generous. She helped me so much when I was young, and I will never forget her. That's Mick Jagger. Yeah. Okay. Right. Lionel Richie, what a life, what a show, what a talent. Your resilience was a lesson for us all. I will miss you, my dear friend. Thanks for the memories. Diana Ross, you never hear from Diana Ross. She never says a word. She keeps you know, pretty much a low profile. Yeah, for does, s- somebody does. who's as narcissistic as she right. is, she, she keeps a pretty low profile. Out there doing her thing. Yeah. Mm. She said yesterday, I'm shocked and I am saddened, sending condolences to Tina Turner's family and her loved ones. Magic Johnson, great basketball hero, legend. Rest in peace, one of my favorite artists of all time, the legendary queen of rock and roll, Tina Turner. Mariah Carey. <clears throat> The words legendary, iconic, diva, and superstar are often overused, and yet Tina Turner embodies them all and so many more. An incredible performer, musician, and uh, trailblazer. And, of course, Angela Bassett. Hers was extremely long, so I can't read the entire thing. You can look it up for yourself. But she, Angela Bassett, as you all know, played Tina Turner in the movie. And uh, Tina once said to Angela Bassett, you weren't playing me. What you did was you were you connecting with your inner Tina. You didn't try to copy me at all, and that's that's what made the movie work. Angela Bassett said, how do we say farewell to a woman who owned her pain and trauma and used it as a means to help change the world? Through her courage in telling her story, her commitment to stay the course in her life, no matter the sacrifice, and her determination to carve out a space in rock and roll for herself and for others who look like her, Tina Turner showed others who lived in fear, what a beautiful future filled with love, compassion, and freedom should look like. That's how I feel about her. Just, you know, she recaptured her life when somebody tried to destroy it. And when her career peak came at a time when most artists at that juncture of their career were strictly playing the oldies circuit. Right. You know, she was 44 years old. That's right. When What's Love Got to Do With. That's it. And at that point in the game... Of pop music, boy, you know, you're thinking it's, you know, I'm just going to ride this out for a while longer. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, she's everywhere. Right. You know? And hit after hit after yeah, hit after hit. She had a great string of songs into the early 90s. So. And the thing about her was when she performed live, you couldn't take your eyes off of her no matter how large the crowd was. I yeah. mentioned this 180,000 people in the in the stadium watching her. 180,000, and you think about that, the the Animal Dome only holds 65 at max capacity, right? right? And she's able to, one person up on that stage, 
she's able to hold that entire 180,000 people captive for three hours. Yeah. That's just who, – who else could possibly – name one other that could possibly do that. Can't think of one. Yeah. All right, quick break. Coming up, Trey Ware, KTSA. Your smile says a lot, so you don't want a smile. Let's go, baby, go. All right, so 538 now at 550 KTSA FM 1071, the Trey Ware page at KTSA.com. Here's a text. Good morning, Trey. We need a scalpel now in Washington, not a sledgehammer like Trump is. He tore down the curtains and broke down the walls for our nation for four years. I like Trump a lot. He is my guy. But in all reality, we need a scalpel now to do fine-tuning. This is just my opinion. Thank you, Trey, and I appreciate your opinion. 210-599-5555. Tell me what you think about Ron DeSantis versus uh, versus Donald Trump. I, I, there's some other people in the race, by the way. <laughs> Did you know there are other people running for the Republican nomination? Did you know that? Yes, there's uh, there's uh, Nikki Haley, and there's Tim Scott, and there's Larry Elder. He's going to be one of those guys going to be around no matter what happens. You know, he's going to just keep running for something till he wins something. Um, and Vivek Ramaswamy, and we could you know keep keep going down the list of some of these that are that are running right now. But you know, it's coming down to those two, right? And I told you in the last half hour what I thought about Ron Santos and his announcement yesterday. Uh, he had some really good points, and he's got some really great, great policies. Stuff about bringing the administrative state to a heel. National school choice. Love, love national school choice. Rejecting the uh, politicization of weather. <laughs> I love that a lot, this whole climate change crap. Unleashing American energy. Yay, yay. China is our foremost adversary. Restore manufacturing items here in the United States, et cetera, et cetera. He's been very effective in Florida. I've been telling you that now for a long time. I really like him. But here's here's my, my main criticism of him. He's brilliant. He uh, I think he was like the top guy out of Yale in his class. He would be the first president to have served in uniform that we've had in how long? How long? I mean, a long time. <laughs> a long time. It wouldn't be JFK, would it? I got to go back and I think it, it was it JFK. Was JFK the last one to serve in uniform? No. Well, Jimmy Carter. Yeah, Carter and Bush was in uniform. Was yeah, Bush was a, George W. was a reservist, right? Which I'm not. W you know, that, that would be right? he was in reserves. So. No, you're right, reserve. Yeah, he was mm-hmm. in reserve. so yeah, he was. Anyway, it's been a while. It's been a while since we've had a president who served in uniform, and he would be a president that had served in uniform. But here's the deal. And I'll say this over and over again. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep saying I'm going to keep bringing this home, man. Republicans, you're going to lose. I don't care who you run. You're going to lose if you don't control the system. If you don't get into the system like the Democrats are in the system, and what I mean by that, you have got to hire a bunch of influencers that are making TikTok videos, putting those videos on TikTok, IG, yes, Facebook for old farts and all that kind of stuff. Yes, 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 you need to do that. You need to control mail-in balloting. You had got to get out there. you got to mail in your ballots. you got to do it early. you got to vote early, early voting. And you've got to have ballot harvesters. You've got to have people that are going to go around and and collect the ballots and check the ballots and make sure that they're filled out properly and get them to the place that they need to be uh, in order to be counted. If you're not willing to do all of those things, and more, by the way, Republicans, I don't care who you run, you're going to lose. It's not a matter of who. It's also a matter of, uh, of, of the system itself. And finally, finally, and David, I'm coming to your call, finally, 
The um, the other thing is Ron DeSantis is playing way too hard to not be Donald Trump, and he's coming off really robotic. Now, that just might be who he is, but I also think he's getting advice to don't be a nut job like Trump is. Make sure that you're well-contained and you keep your emotions in check and stay under control. But the problem is it's dehumanizing him. He needs to warm up. He's a little bit cold. David, you're on KTSA with Trey. Good morning to you. Good morning, sir. Um, For starters, you're 100% right on everything you just said about ballot harvesting, et cetera. Game over if we don't step up and play their game back. That's all there is to it. But in terms of this Trump versus DeSantis stuff, I mean, I'm unabashedly Team Trump. And the reason I say this is because um, both of them have great ideas. But think of how much power you would have if, if Trump kind of led. First, it would be a total validation of everything conservatives have dealt with for the last, you know, four years. And even during the Trump presidency. And then it would also leave DeSantis open for two, you know, runs of presidency after that. And I feel like the biggest detractor to that is everyone says, well, Trump's a bull in a China shop. He's this, he's that. Okay, don't forget that Trump was, one, incredibly effective. And two, Democrats are going to villainize whoever you put up. Okay, don't buy this whole, oh, if we put up someone else who's more electable, they'll like. They don't like us. Stop trying to get them to like us. 100% correct, man. Here's the problem with Trump right now. Okay, and this is my criticism of him, and I I supported him when he was president. I felt he was really effective as president, and I was sorry to see him go two years ago and to see the destruction that's happening to my wonderful country. But last night after uh, DeSantis announced, this was what Trump put out on True Social. I'd like to personally congratulate Rob DeSanctimonious on finally announcing that he will be entering the race for president of the United States. Hopefully, he will get the full experience of being attacked by the Marxist, communist, and radical left lunatics of our country, without which he will never know the kind of job he is doing. These lowlifes and misfits are far worse than the leaders of hostile foreign countries. They must be soundly defeated in order to make America great again. Rob, that's twice, Rob, my red button is bigger, better, stronger, and is working. Truth, yours does not. Per my conversation with Kim Jong-un of North Korea, he will soon to become my friend. Now, here's the problem with all that, David. And I, we, we all like the fiery stuff that, that Trump did, but we, just wa- we had just watched about 40 minutes of, of DeSantis covering ground on the issues that matter to Americans. All the issues that we talk about on the show all the time, and how he was going to deal with those. And as I already said, he's too robotic. He needs to warm up a whole lot more because I think he's trying to be the anti-Trump in personality, and it's not playing well. He's a little too cold right now. But that's all Trump had. When Trump should have said something like, I look forward to a robust debate on the issues that Americans are concerned about, he's calling him Rob to sanctimonious, I got a bigger button than you, and, and Kim Jong-un is going to be my best friend. And I'm like, that, does, that doesn't matter to anybody in this country. <laughs> none of that matters, right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, none, if, of that, none of that connected may, with anybody last night. Absolutely. If I may comment one more thing, sure. I, I wholeheartedly agree. He, Trump, he, he attacks his enemies in a, or even his friends in a way that is, you know, it makes it hard to, to – basically support him sometimes i mean it's the truth because even when i see him and ron DeSantis fighting even i get upset i'm like what are you doing dude right but at the but at the same time 
I would remind everybody that this is the usual primary game sure. that everyone falls in line right. after the primaries. And by the way, That's all right. the contention of screwing over Bernie Sanders, of the way the DNC did Bernie Sanders dirty, didn't change how popular Bernie Sanders still is in the Democratic Party. If sure. you saw that recent poll about who was most popular. So I agree that it's, it's not the, the most friendly thing to look at, but at the end of the day, these are words, and they're going to disappear the moment the primaries are over. Well, but, here, but here's the thing about that, though, David. It doesn't help Trump. Just saying something like that didn't help him one little and, – and it didn't bloody up Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis performed very well last night and made his points, and what Trump put out didn't help Trump at all. If, if you're a Trump supporter today and you have been a Trump supporter – then I would be dis- very disappointed in his response to that last night because that didn't help him, and it didn't bloody up DeSantis at all. You're right about the whole process. We still have a lot of bloodying up to go. Trump needs to keep that in mind because he's 77, and he can only do four more years. DeSantis is 44. He's going to be a player in conservative politics for a real long time. So Trump has to be very careful to not, uh, not, not you know, uh, destroy Ron DeSantis. You can, you can bloody him up during the primary, but don't destroy him. But I, it neither happened with that res- response from Trump last night. And I appreciate your time this morning, David. Thank you very much for calling. Back in a minute, Trey Ware, KTSA. This is Mark Sadask. So voices and entertainers and lovely people has uh, has been silenced now got a family four pack to uh, sunday's gunslinger game all you gotta do is call me right now 210-599-5555 210-599-5555 call number five will join me at the game this coming sunday i'm going to say a word or two before we begin it's military appreciation day of course and we'll be remembering those who paid the ultimate sacrifice so we could have the liberties and freedoms so call to number five right now 210-599-5555 china attacked america yesterday according to microsoft What did Joe do about it? Nothing. Why? Because he's on their payroll. That's why we've been talking about the fact that his family has received millions of dollars, run all that money through these 26 LLCs. And what does China get for that? Well, they get to spy on the United States with balloons that fly over our nuke sites and... Hey, they get to attack our critical infrastructure organizations in the United States, is what Microsoft said yesterday. Did ABC tell you that today? CBS? NBC? Did any of them tell you that China attacked the United States, according to Microsoft, with malicious activity yesterday targeting our infrastructure? Now you know why senators are being handed satellite phones so they can stay in touch when the cell towers do not work. Our critical infrastructure includes things like, oh, electricity. And China is attacking our critical infrastructure and joe biden could care less 
because he's making money from China. Chad Sneed, hey, man, congratulations. Chad's going to go to the Gunslinger game with me on Sunday. Chad, thank you very much for listening and, and calling the show. The whistleblower in the IRS and Hunter Biden story went public yesterday, finally had to. Gary Shapley is his name, or Shapley. He says the DOJ, and that's Merrick Garland, is interfering in the Hunter Biden investigation. In fact, they removed the entire IRS investigative team who has been working for years now investigating Hunter Biden and his tax evasion and his lies and everything else that he has been doing. And uh, and Mr. Shapley is saying that the IRS is slow walking the investigation under the direction of the DOJ. The investigation actually wrapped up a year ago, but they've been slow walking it. Well, not a surprise at all, right? Hunter will not face any consequences for his criminality, nor will Joe. This is the way it is in America today. We have a two-tier justice system. That's why you must put a Republican president and a Republican Senate back in charge of this country so these people will be held accountable some of them need to be in prison back in a minute trey where kts america's diamond offers our five years 60 months well, it's 6.06 now at 5.50 KTSA and FM 107.1, the Treyware page at KTSA.com. It happened last night, and it broke Twitter. <laughs> it was so big and so powerful that it broke Twitter. Ron DeSantis. Now, look, I said this last time. I'm going to say it again. Don't anybody around here criticize the fact that Twitter went down for five minutes. We have technical issues that have been going on since I've been in radio. We ain't been, been able to figure them out. They got them solved in five minutes over Twitter. And that's not the story. Fox tried to make that the story last night because they want everybody relying on television and not the new media known as Twitter and uh, the others, um, which I'll address some more here in, in a couple of minutes. Uh, Ron DeSantis, I thought he did a great job. Um, I do have some criticisms. But I thought he sounded good. I think he had some good points. He's obviously got good policies. But quite frankly, he's coming off stilted. He's coming off robotic in his effort, I, I believe, to be the anti-Trump. I'm not this crazy, off-the-wall, crazy emotional guy. Uh, you know, I've actually got policies, and he does. And he's got a proven track record in Florida. It's working well in Florida. They're creating all kinds of jobs. They have unleashed freedom in Florida. The things that he has done in Florida that he's talking about doing across the country are phenomenal things, like bringing the administrative state to heal. Uh, <laughs> no, not H-E-A-L as in, you know, healing. <laughs> he's talking about slapping them down. The National School Choice, which I think that cures a lot of the ills when it comes to education of our children. Uh, National School Choice. Rejecting the politicization of weather. I love that idea. Just getting away from this whole climate change nonsense. Unleashing American energy. China being our foremost adversary. Treating them like that. Reshoring a lot of the stuff that is now offshore into China, etc. Those are just a few of the things that he talked about. Um, he was asked by Trey Gowdy, and I thought Trey did a good job too, but he was asked by Trey Gowdy, what about the NAACP saying don't go down there? And he said it's a joke, it's a political stunt, because all those people on their board vacation down there all the time. <laughs> they go to Florida, and he's right about that. So I, I, my main criticism of him at this point is that he's really robotic, he's not warming up, he's he's kind of stodgy, if you will, and I believe that because he is – trying to not be Trump so hard, you know, 
that he is, uh, you know, he's he's coming off as a, as a, for lack of a better word, somebody who'd be a better right-hand man to a president, you know, like the chief executive, and can get stuff done and can organize people and has the ideas and all those kind of things. He'd be a good chief of staff for a president, not necessarily a president in his current form. Now, you know, a lot of people don't want a flashy, you know, hard-driving Trump. And I thought Trump's response was way off, way, way off, off base last night. Uh, but I think that uh, I think that he looked good, and I thought it was a good rollout. Uh, Trump is still way ahead of him, and he will be for the emotional crowd, the the crowd that just you know I'm I'm going to go get him. But his whole thing, Trump's response, calling him Rob, de sanctimonious twice, not once, but twice, which means I, I you know. <laughs> Fat fingers? I have no idea. I don't. I don't know why he would call him Rob, de sanctimonious. I don't know. Uh, the B's right next to the end. Yeah. The well, that's, there you go. That's, that's, that's the only. But way. He did it twice. You know, and that means you're not reading before you hit send, and which is you know what you're supposed fair. to do, right? You should proofread. Yeah. So he didn't do that. But anyway, beyond that, he didn't really offer any substance. So Ron DeSantis was offering substance for a good 40 minutes, something like that, answered every question, answered them without any kind of hesitation, answered them without flubbing. He can actually speak, which the current president cannot do, uh, and he's smart. I mean, he I think he was top of his class in Yale, I believe. Uh, served in the military, was a JAG officer at 44. Look at all the things that he has been able to accomplish. So he is going to be a leading force in Republican and or conservative politics for the rest of my life. No doubt that he's going to be there and uh, and be a major, major player uh, in, in, uh, in conservative politics going forward. I've told you that for a couple of years that I have been very impressed with what he's been doing over in Florida. And I do believe that the policies that he has put into effect in Florida are playing well and would play well across the country. He did address the Disney issue. He was asked about that, and he made it perfectly clear what happened was that they don't want to sexualize their children in school, right? The parents in Florida said, no, we're done with this sexualization business in school, and we're going to put into place a policy that says you can't sexualize children in school. And then Disney said, oh, no, you're not. And we're going to take in after you, and we're going to destroy you politically because they wanted to continue the sexualization of children in school. And he said, I'm not having it. So they could destroy me politically all they want to, but I'm going to put into effect this this plan. That's basically what has happened between him and Disney. And they, for a long well, since they created themselves over in Florida, Disney has operated as their own country, he said, with no rules and no regulations on top of them. And they could run wild. And we said, that's enough. And the, the people of Florida are behind him on that, 100% behind him. They're, they're backing him on standing up to the woke crowd. He, he has a saying, where woke comes to die. Well, that's what we need in America. We need somebody who's going to do that across the country. You've got, you got to yank this woke crap up by the root and throw it away, throw it in the fire. So there you go. Um, that's basically last night. I thought Trump's response with Rob DeSanctimonious whether it was purposeful or he hit the the B instead of the N, uh, you know, uh, he didn't. I don't think he bloodied Ron last night at all, and I don't think he helped himself at all. I don't think this is going to help uh, Trump this time. Last time, 
the name calling and all that kind of stuff, the smash mouth stuff is what people were looking for. This time, they're going to be looking for policy. What is your policy? What are you going to do? Well, I'm going to do what I did before. Well, but what is that? I thought he did a good job on CNN last week at expressing what he would do. But that's where he needs to, to settle down and continue to do that and talk about the issues. I, you know, instead of talking about my big red button is bigger than yours and Kim Jong-un is going to be my best friend, well, I got to tell you, uh, to my 18-year-old granddaughter who is going to vote this year or in the next election maybe, that means nothing to her. <laughs> you know, how are you going to make her life better, right? What are you going to do to improve her? Well, I did it four years. But, yeah, what does that mean? And, I, look, I, I, I supported Trump all through his presidency. I thought he was an incredible president, and I'd like to see him get a, another shot of, of doing it again. But he's not – I don't think he's on base with this stuff. I don't think that's going to get him there. Just my opinion. And that's all this is, is my opinion. You can tell me what you think at 210-599-5555. I, I think Trump would have been better served had he said, I'm looking – hey, welcome to the race, Ron, and I'm looking for a robust debate on the issues that Americans care about. Let's get on with it. Ah, there you go. That's all you got to do. And let, let him have his 24 hours, you know, in the sun, in the light, and then come back a couple of days later and say, now, look, this is something you did that was absolutely wrong. This is something you said that Americans don't want, and this is what I believe, and this is where we need to go as a country. Now, that's, that's as far as I'm concerned, that's how you play the game. That's what you do. However, to wrap it all up, Republicans – and listeners of this show, you've heard me say this over and over again. What was the guy's name that we had? It was this Penny, the guy with the long hair that's in Wisconsin right now that's trying to get ballot harvesting, early voting, and mail-in balloting into the Republican Party. I found him online, and Steve calls us all the time. And Steve says, I'm following this guy now. And he, he's a young guy, and he's, he's really uh, great in his thing. He's conservative Republican, and he wants to um, – get get republicans on the same page politically and 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 in the game itself as the democrats are and that's why i had him on the show because if you don't do that republicans you're not going to win and i don't care who you run you can run trump you can run DeSantis, you can run them all together at the same time you can dig up ronald reagan and run him again I, it doesn't matter who you run if you don't buy yourself a whole bunch of influencers that are going to be on TikTok and IG promoting Republican policies and talking down Democrat policies, I'm going to tell you something. Young people today don't want late-term and post-birth abortions. They do not. They realize that that's a baby in there. That's it. They realize that. Technology, they've grown up with the technology, and young people today understand that that's a living being in there. So, you talk about that. You talk about the issues that matter to them, getting inflation back down where it was, getting gas prices back down where it was, getting egg prices back down where it was, putting more pot money in your, uh, you know, you keeping more of your hard-earned money in your pocket instead of spending what you're spending on a dozen eggs right now. That's the kind of stuff. And they got to do it on social media. They got to do it on TikTok. They got to do it in uh uh, on, on IG, they got to get influencers. That's number one, and they need a whole army of them. It's going to cost them millions of dollars, but they got to do it. They also have got to do the mail-in balloting thing. They have got to win that game. Republicans do because Democrats are all about it, and that's a big difference maker between the two parties. 
Republicans are depending on uh, election day voting, and it's not working. It's not working for you. And you have also got to get in the ballot harvesting game. Now, I know that sounds like it's illegal. It's not, right? That's where somebody goes out and collects the ballot, and they take it right to where it needs to be. Because you know why? To this day, we're still finding ballots that never made it. To this day. We're also finding checks that were never delivered or cashed to Republicans. So this is where Democrats win the game, and that's why somebody like Joe Biden can get elected. <laughs> because they have a machine that drags this old guy across, this old racist white guy across the finish line. And so it doesn't matter who you run. It's not going to matter. What's going to matter is, I mean, don't get me wrong, obviously it's going to matter who you run, but I'm saying if you don't do these other things, if you don't do what I just described, if you don't work the system, then it's just you're not going to win. You're not going to win if you don't work the system. And you better get started like yesterday. You're a little behind the eight ball on this. You can still do it, Republicans, but you better get hot and you better get heavy and you better get ready and you better rock and roll. I don't tell you about Diamond Dex. DiamondDexTX.com is where you can see their great work. Outdoor living, we got a great weekend coming up here, Memorial Day weekend, and you probably want to spend a lot of that time outside. Right? Maybe you got a pool. Maybe you don't. Maybe you got an area outside. It's a deck or an enclosed area. Maybe it's a, I don't know, screened-in porch or something. Your friends over at Diamond Decks will put together a plan, dreaming your dreams with you and helping those dreams become a reality. A lot of people like to be outside during the summer months, right? But you want to stay cool and you want a beautiful space to do that in, a space that's going to add to the value of your home. Well, Diamond Decks will help you get that done. And then when the weather cools off, you like to be outside on the weekends, maybe sipping a cup of coffee in the mornings before you get your chores started and all that kind of stuff. Well, Diamond Decks can help you with that as well. Whether it's a deck, whether it's composite material, could be concrete. Whatever works for you, stamped concrete, whatever works for you is what they're going to do with our friends at Diamond Decks. If you can dream it, they can make it a reality in your outdoor living space. DiamondDecksTX.com. Accurate the forecast, clouds and sun, the upper 80s all the way through the weekend. And right now it's 69 at KTSA. Good morning. We are working. Trey Ware, KTSA 210-599-5555. Hey, a family four-pack to a Sunday's Gunslinger game coming up at 6.50, and the weather's going to be great this weekend. I look forward to uh, seeing you over there. A couple of texts you can call or text. I prefer phone call, but if you need to text me, feel free. First of all, let me say good morning, and now for my post. All those running against Trump are not doing right by the Republican Party or by the American people. They should all be voting for Trump to begin with, not running against him. They are just taking votes from Trump, who we all know was a great president, and we all know his presidency was robbed, and this is why he's not president right now, and we all know a country divided will not survive. Same goes to republic divided will not stand. However, Ron DeSantis will make a great vice president and a great president after Trump finishes his last four years that belong to him. The mayor, God bless all whoever loved America and the uh, Republic of America. And uh, it's all in caps. So he's, he's shouting really loudly about this. <laughs> I hear you. 
Um, first of all, it's the primary process that we have in American politics. It's good. It is healthy to have a primary process. Metal sharpens metal and all those things. It is healthy, right? You do end up, you know, some, some people get blooded up a little bit on this. Uh, last time it was not Trump. He didn't get, he didn't get blooded up. So, you know, it's, it's, it's the, it's the way it works in America. It is our system and how we, how we work the system here. You're going to get that on the Democrat side. They're not going to have anybody. They've got two other people that are running against uh, Joe Biden, they say, but they're not going to do any debates or anything. They're just going to kind of, uh, shuffle is the right word. The old man back into the office if, if they can get that done. Um, so we'll, you know, obviously we got a process that we got to go through and, um, the process has worked for a long time and we shouldn't give up on the process. Uh, good morning, Trey. My concern at this time with DeSantis is I've read that he has ties to the Bushes and the establishment who are globalists. Also, can you invite the Texas RNC chair onto your show? Yes. Oh, absolutely. We're going to be talking to people like that all the time. Um, well, <laughs> that's, that might be true. I hear a lot about that. I don't know. I haven't been able to find where he is directly connected to the globalists but if it if it is true that you know i understand um all i can say is so so was trump you know for years he gave a ton of money to the globalists and to the democrats gave money to hillary clinton before he ran against her so it it is you know how it works and uh, trump is was i don't know that he still is but was right in there with them as well for for many, many years. Twitter files journalists rips the IRS over home visit after agency f- finds something very interesting. I'm talking about Matt Taibbi. Now, that name has been out of the American consciousness for about a month, but Taibbi was the guy who Elon Musk entrusted with the information about what was going on inside of Twitter before he bought it and how the American people were being censored by the Democrat Party and how the Democrat Party and the deep state were squashing discussion and the First Amendment were destroying the First Amendment in America. They all violated the First Amendment. They clearly violated it. And Taibbi, who, by the way, is a far-left progressive. (laughs) He's not a conservative journalist. You won't find him working for Newsmax, okay? Uh, He uh, was the one that Elon chose to feed the information through to get it out to the public. And if you remember the story... Um, and that he just put the timeline out yesterday. That's why this story is relevant. But if you remember the story, the very day that Taibbi was going to testify, or he did testify before Congress, the IRS showed up at his house. Now, it's pretty interesting when you look at the timeline because the IRS kind of lost their minds over this guy and what he was going to expose concerning the deep state. So the IRS called agents in on a Saturday. Now, they don't work on Saturdays. Are you kidding me? They're out of there Friday afternoon at 3 o'clock, and they don't come back until Monday at 10, right? So they called them in on a, on a, on a Saturday and said, we've got, to, we, we've got to launch this investigation. We have to get into this guy, this Taibbi guy. We've got to check him out. Let's go. Let's roll. And they did. They launched the investigation and started checking out Taibbi. So the very day he's testifying before Congress, the IRS shows up at his door, and we want to investigate all of this kind of stuff, right? And they show up. They're armed, you know, always. We want to investigate this. We know that you owe taxes. You owe taxes. You owe taxes. You owe us a lot of money. You owe us taxes. 
So he goes and testifies, meets with the IRS. Turns out, IRS owed Mr. Taibbi a ton of money. <laughs> it was the other way around. Mr. Taibbi was the guy who was owed money from the IRS, not him owing the IRS. Obviously, that was a political hit job. The IRS has been weaponized against people in this country that they don't want speaking out. That was a clear signal to other journalists, you keep your mouth shut or we'll show up at your front door as well. It's intimidation. It's scare tactics. It's illegal as hell. And this entire government has been weaponized against the people of the United States of America on way too many occasions, and that's just one of them. Well, at 7 o'clock this morning, they're going to open the doors over at Frontier Burger right at Loop 410 and Broadway, just inside the loop. And I'd like for you to stop in there and pick up a couple of Trey's faves and take them on into the office with you. Now, Trey's fave is the lightest, fluffiest Pioneer Mill uh, biscuit that you've ever seen in your life. So delicious. You got a couple of scrambled eggs on there that are cooked to order at that moment. Then you've got either your choice of bacon or sausage and a nice, fresh slice of cheese on there. And on the side, beautiful hash browns that are all fresh. In fact, it's all done fresh at Frontier. There's nothing pre-cooked and then tossed in a microwave to be heated and thrown in a bag. You're going to be there for a minute waiting for them to cook it, but they're going to cook it to your order, specifically for you. They don't cook a thing until you tell them what you want at Frontier. Oh, so good. It's called Trey's Fave, and it's all five fifty. That's it, $5.50. You get all of that for $5.50. Now, I go in there at least once a week, and I'll grab a couple of them and take them home for Nancy and me to eat, and I think you'll enjoy them too. I really do. That's why I'm here to tell you. I've been eating Frontier Burger my entire life. The Hasslocker family and the Ware family go back many, many years, and I hope you'll stop in and just order up a couple of Trey's faves and take them into the office. Frontier Burger, Loop 410 and Broadway. Hey, it's Trey Ware for Noble Gold Investments at Noble Gold Investments. Mm. Yeah. You know? What's that? Every now and then? Mm-hmm. I think you might like to hear something from us. Yeah. Nice. Easy. All right. Left There's just one thing. Down in the city. You see, we never, ever do nothing. Tina Turner and her passing in just a moment. But first, a quick call. And Mike, you're on KTSA. Go right ahead, sir. Yeah, yeah, I want to talk about the uh, this uh, so-called travel advisory in Florida. Um, I, I, I'm in Florida right now. You know I'm a truck driver. Hey, 
there is no there is no travel advisory for the state of Florida. Uh, I'm a black man. I've been traveling to Florida, like you know, for over 20 years now. Never had no problem. Uh, this is nothing but a propaganda tool that sure. the Democrats are trying to use because they're because they're mad at uh, Ron, the governor of Florida, for for enacting the laws that should have been around a long time ago, uh, saying that you can't work if you don't have a legal right to work in America. And and these people are mad about it because and, uh, Hispanic truck drivers say they're not going to, uh, going down to Florida. Well, don't go down to Mexico. Don't go down to Florida. We got plenty of American truck drivers be happy to go down to Florida. So, like I said, don't believe the propaganda, uh, Ron is doing a good job down there and, uh, down here in Florida, and he might do a good job as president and let him get in the White House. So, uh, everybody, come on down to Florida and That's spend right. your money and don't listen to these losers. That's Democrats. right. And I thank you for taking my call. Thank you, Mike. Be safe over there in Florida. And, by the way, yes, uh, the NAACP leadership are vacationing down there right now. So that will tell you all you need to know about the BS you're hearing from them. Well, I shared earlier this morning when we played What's Love Got to Do With It that all the 10 million times probably that I've played that song over the years as a disc jockey, first time was on this station in 1984, summer of 84 when it first came out. And um, then wherever I went, when I put Magic 105 on the air as the first program director, that was one of those songs that went with me, and I put it on immediately. And then when I went over to KQXT and I flipped it, it was a soft and easy uh, station it was kind of like elevator music and i turned it into soft rock and that was one of the first songs we played and then when i went to star 93 and did the same thing over there i took it and i put it on immediately that was what's love got to do with it but tina turner also uh, you know all of her stuff had a big part in my life and my radio career because she was the best I not only loved her music and what she was able to accomplish with her music, I, I loved her life and how she reclaimed her life after Ike Turner literally tried to kill her and beat her with coat hangers and all kinds of stuff that I won't even talk about on the radio. It's not even repeatable, the things that he would do to her. Until finally she just left everything and left, left the house and left the cars and left the money. She had 36 cents to her name when she left Ike Turner to go get away from it. Because she was to the point where she was considering suicide to get away from him and decided the marriage lasted 15 years. That's pretty amazing that she hung in there for 15 years and was abused that long. And then she um, she kind of had a lull in her career after leaving Ike and was looking for what was going to be the next big thing for her. And she had recorded a couple of songs. They did okay, but they weren't the major hits that she was looking for. And she was playing this little, like, uh, I wouldn't say dive places, but places that would be considered little ballrooms inside of uh, hotels and stuff like that. The Holiday Inn yeah, tour. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. And uh, David Bowie had just signed a huge contract, renewed his contract with Capitol Records, and the guys were ready to take All the executives at Capitol were ready to take him out and celebrate. And he said, nope, I'm going to go hear my favorite singer. And they went with him, and they heard Tina Turner that night, and they fell in love with Tina Turner. And the next thing you knew, she was presented with what's love got to do with it. And she didn't like it at first because it was too soft for her. She wanted rock and roll. She's the queen of rock and roll, don't you know? Don't play that song. I don't want that song. Well, thank God she did that song because that launched her into, at 45 years old, launched her into what was the greatest uh, female musical career this country and possibly the world has ever seen. When you consider that not only she held us captive through the songs that she released and being played on the radio, but she could go to Rio and, and have 180,000 180, people 
show up in Rio, and she held them totally captive. One-on-one, you felt like you were the only one in that audience that she was playing just for you. Such energy, such power. She had it all. She embodied it all for her entire career until when she was 70 years old. She said, that's it. I'm not doing this anymore, and I'm going to do one more tour, and then I'm out the door. Now, a lot of times when people say that, they don't really mean it because they get away from it, and they got to have the celebrity, and they got to have the accolades, and they got to have the paparazzi, and they got to have and got to have. No, sir. She remarried a physician, a well-to-do physician, a guy who had a little lot of money. She didn't need it, obviously, but she married him because she loved him, and he loved her. And he had a big chateau, 270 acres in Switzerland, uh, about a $75 million place. And that's where she retired to. And a beautiful biography called I, Tina, I, Tina, not Ike, I, Tina, that she wrote, co-wrote with Kurt Loder from the MTV days. And they became friends and were friends till, till yesterday when she passed. Um, it's a great biography because it walks you through all the Ike and Tina years and then right. all the other stuff that she did. So she died yesterday at 83. We don't know what it was. Uh, she talked about kidneys that she she wished she would have taken better care of her kidneys. So maybe she had some sort of renal failure. TMC said long time illness. Yeah. That's that seems to be the phrase that everyone's using. Everybody's now. using that now. But long time illness. Right. Uh, but she she did talk about, you know, kidneys being a problem in her life and all that. But she also, in, in her latest work, in the latest piece that she wrote, she said, just let me go. I'm ready. And I know. I, I had somebody very close to me say that to me one time, and I said, okay, Dad, if that's what you feel, then, that's, then we'll let you go. So uh, Tina Turner, Dad, at the age of, of 83, she touched, in, in our generation, she touched us all, did she not? Absolutely. Oh, my yeah. God. Ever since I was, you know, before the big resurgence in the 80s, I would see her pop up on these variety shows from time to time. You got that right. I mean, she was a dynamic performer. She mm-hmm. was the soundtrack of my middle school dances. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, with everything, everything that she did. Totally. We've I been playing to... them this morning from Simply the Best to Private Dancer to Right There, Proud Mary, and everything else that she was able to do yeah. throughout her life. What amazing, humble beginnings, too. Yeah. You know, and you can, there's a place just outside of Memphis before you get into Memphis if you're heading, it's called the West. The West Tennessee Delta Music Heritage Center, uh-huh. something like that. I, I discovered mm-hmm. it by accident one right. day. I was driving back, and uh, it's off Highway 40. Right. Um, and, and we pulled in one day, and it's like this little one-room school building that she went that she actually attended back yeah. in the day. Yeah. And you go inside, and it's got a lot of uh, her stage costumes and right. what have you in there. They did it up very well. Um, and, you, and you step into this little building, it's like, my God, look at this yeah. tiny little school building right. that she went to. And then all of a sudden, you know, what must have been the blink of an eye for her, yeah. you know, she's packing them in, like you said, in Rio with nearly 200,000. She so. uh, grew up uh, dirt poor when, da- when dirt poor meant something, yeah. right? And, uh, and her mom and dad abandoned her, just took off. And she was raised by other relatives. Uh, until she met Ike, and that was she was a teenager when she met him, yeah. and later they got married, and then the rest, as they say, is history. So, uh, all, all I can say about it, and then we got to go because Chip Roy's coming on. But uh, well done, well done, Tina Turner. We will yeah. always think of you, and thank you for leaving the beautiful music for us to enjoy. It's the uh, West Tennessee Delta Heritage Center. 
and it's in Brownsville, Tennessee. That's it. That's, That's where she was born. Right. Brownsville, Tennessee. Back in a minute, Trey Ware, KTSA. what a prosthodontist is got a family four pack to sunday's gunslinger game it's military appreciation day i will be speaking there talking about our fallen honoring our fallen heroes paid the ultimate sacrifice so that we could have the liberties and freedoms that we have today and we will take time before the football game on sunday to remember them i'd love for you to be there call to number five right now at 210-599-5555, a family four-pack to see the San Antonio Gunslingers this Sunday. 210-599-5555, call to number five. I got to tell you something, Congressman Chip Roy. Welcome back to the show. Um, being in your district, my wife gets your mailers, and she sends them directly on to me. And, I, I you know, I just, I, first of all, I appreciate the fact you'll come on my show, and we have a relationship here, and we can talk about these issues I really appreciate your frankness, the fact that you don't pull any punches, that you let people know what you're thinking. It's it's very uncommon these days in politics, and it's certainly refreshing. So thank you for being back on the show. Well, Trey, I appreciate that. Um, look, you know, you and everybody that I represent, even those who didn't vote for me, like I represent the district. Y'all hired me to do a job, and um, I don't really have any tolerance or patience for you know, uh, playing the political games. I mean, sometimes you have to make decisions and compromise to figure out how to get things done for the country, but, but you shouldn't be able to compromise on principles and you shouldn't, you know, be, you know, you shouldn't be anything less than upfront with the voters that sent you there. So I appreciate that. So here we are at the debt ceiling situation and your thoughts on where we are now and where it's likely to go as far as you're concerned. Well, we're in a better spot than we would have been um, had we not had the engagement with the speakers raised in January, had we not been working as a team, had Republicans not been united uh, to push forward and demand that we're going to get fiscal changes, that we're not just going to pass the clean debt ceiling, which is what the president was. He dilly-dallied for 100 days. The Senate's not even in session this week. Um, there's negotiations underway right now, and I've got to be honest. Uh, I'm going to have to go have some blunt conversations with some of my colleagues and, 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 uh, and the leadership team. I don't like the direction they're headed. Um, you know, better than they would have been, sure. But, but we're going to be asked to lift the debt ceiling, not just the $1.5 trillion we agreed to in our legislation, but more like 3 or $4 trillion to get it into 2025. Now, I want to put that in perspective. When I went to the, to the Capitol Hill as a staffer for John Cornyn 20 years ago as a lawyer on the Senate Judiciary Committee, the debt was about $6 trillion total. We're going to be asked to lift the debt ceiling about three and a half or four trillion dollars. And for that, we're going to be asked, as the best as I understand it right now, to basically get a modest reduction on the overall 2023 spending levels, not down to the 2022 levels we thought was important. And that we are going to leave in place all of those subsidies in the Inflation Reduction Act. I'm not aware of any reductions to the IRS expansion. I'm not aware to any of the RAINS Act and regulatory changes we wanted. I do not believe the student loan uh, bills, uh, you know, will be taken out or that, you know, that we would defund that. So basically we'd be getting a slight reduction with some caps over four or five years. And that's better than nothing. I'll, I'll admit that. And maybe some work requirements. I'm not yet sure. I'll find out more today, but that doesn't sound like a deal that I can support 
and I'm going to be making sure that's known today. And so, you know, they're going to have to go cobble together votes without my support if that's where they are. Are they just hell-bent on destroying the country? Look, at this point right now, our guys start to blink in the in the quest of a deal, quote-unquote. Now, look, I'm not saying I, you know, it's my way or the highway. I've never drawn a red line on this. I've never said, if you don't give me X, I'm not supporting it. I don't think that's the right way to work. But I am saying, you know it when you see it. And I'm looking at it right now, and you all didn't send me there to rack up $4 trillion in additional debt and not pump the brakes on the things that are undermining growth, undermining the American people, racking up more spending. And, and let me just say one last thing here on, the, on those uh, tax credits for the wealthy. That's what they are. Last August in the so-called Inflation Reduction Act, they packed that thing with, with tax credits. They said $291 billion worth. Goldman Sachs has looked at it and said, hey. These things are uncapped, $1.2 trillion or more worth of subsidies going 90% to billion-dollar corporations to advance wind and solar, which means you will kill gas generation, which is why you see in Texas we are barreling towards 50% of our grid being wind and solar, which is not sufficient to keep our grid running. They are attacking our way of life. It's purposeful. And I want to try to stop that. And so that's a part of my fight up here. Next time, i got to let you go. But the next time I have you on, I, I do want to talk about energy here in Texas and how we uh, yep. uncap it and unleash the power of energy here in Texas. I'd, I'd really appreciate having that conversation with you. Happy to do it, Trey. Uh, the legislature needs to step into the breach, but I'm going to try to do it with, it, with the, uh, the, the fight we're having this week. But thanks for having me on, brother. God bless you for what you're doing. Congressman Chip Roy, support him. He's doing a great job for you. Warren Ryman coming up next, KTSA. Upgrade your home comfort with a carrier air